Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe. My co-host on the other side, Angel. What is going on, bro? Well, not much. Just chilling over here. Ready, ready to watch some Thursday Night Football. I know this, you'll hear it on a Friday, but we are recording on a Thursday. We are you. recording. We are recording on Thursday. But hey, if you're listening to us in the morning or on your workday, happy Fantastic Friday. The weekend is here. Uh, the last homestand at Minime Park of the regular season no one knows for sure if the Astros are going to be in the postseason, but you have to be optimistic if you're an Astros fan with the schedule that's holding out for the Astros. You got Framber going for game one on Friday night, and then the Seattle series, which we'll talk about that later, later in the next episode. You're going to have Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez pitching in that series at Seattle. So very crucial series right here for the Royals. Episode 131, we're going to title it, Now It's a Sprint. Mm-hmm. It is a sprint now since there are only nine games left in the Astros' regular season schedule. Obviously, the Rangers and the Mariners are going to be fighting, I think, seven of the last 11 games or seven of the last 10, 10 games. Yeah, so they're they're going to be fighting each other for that wild card spot, the division. And, I mean, man, it's going to be hectic these next couple of days. But, Angel, tell me this series. What do, you, what do you think about the Baltimore series? I mean, it wasn't the best for the Astros. I mean, you're playing the number one team in the American League. What do you think about it? We finally saw some urgency from Dusty Baker, I believe. Uh, again, if the Astros would have lost against the Baltimore uh, Orioles in that last game and got swept, the Mariners and the Rangers lost, uh, won. So the Astros would have actually been in third place, yeah. which at the time puts them out of the playoff, like out of playoff. So we did see a little bit of urgency because Javier had a good game going. He had five, uh, I will talk about his outing in a bit. But he had a really good game. And uh, like it was, you know, he was my my pick, I believe. Like if I recall, um, it was he. Was he Let me pick? see. I'll check for you. I'll check for you. Let's see. Who do let's oh, see? Uh, no, he wasn't. No, was you Brown. had you had Hunter Brown. Oh yeah, it was Hunter Brown. Never mind. I sh- well, he's in my fantasy team, but he had a good uh, <laughs> he had a good outing and a, a really great one because again, like you said, there's a few games left. So if he wants to be a starter in that postseason game, seeing vintage Javier. At least a glimpse of it was good. Now, he could have pitched six, but, again, we saw that urgency from Dusty Baker. He went to his best guys out of the bullpen to try to steal in the deal, and Mauricio Dubon luckily was able to do that, right? But I think with Dusty's lineup, I think everybody wants to see the best time, but the way he's managing, I think it's good because there's going to be some fresh guys up there. Like, for example, I think Acuna, on a mistake, got like a little scared, but he was back in the lineup, but, you know, I mean, he's going to have some fresh guys. So, But pitching-wise, because I know the bullpen's been struggling a little bit, we saw, again, like urgency from Dusty by putting the best guys out there. Yeah, I mean, they did lose the series. Um, game one, they had it. Yeah. But, I mean, you just tip your cap to the other team. I mean, Cedric Mullins put a good swing onto that pitch. I sent it to uh, the bullpen. I think that's another guy that's on your fantasy team too. Yeah, that is. See, yeah. gosh, I mean, your fantasy team is doing destruction to the Astros. But, um, I mean, the game game one, I mean, the Astros had it in their hand. Bullpen did a decent job. Rafael Montero gave up them two runs. And then, obviously, uh, Ryan Presley. I mean, everybody was bashing on him, on at least on Twitter I've seen, or X, then- whatever app you want to call it. And then, like, the sad part and the part that I don't completely understand and is the awful part of the game is that they were tagging his mother as well on Twitter. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's – shouldn't that's, be doing that. That's low. No. Like, it should not be doing that. That, that is 
not why that platform is there for a reason to be bashing on players or even making them, you know, other accounts them just yeah. new user accounts that has them random uh, handles. But um, I mean, Baltimore is a good team regardless. They're the number one team in the American League for a reason and the top in the AOEs. They're playing a hard to- um, I mean, if you think about it, just in that last series when the Astros traveled to Baltimore, remember Felix Batista was the closer in that game, and Kyle Tucker hit that um, that go ahead grand slam. Mm-hmm. Same thing here, the first game, and I believe that was the first game too in Baltimore yeah. was when Tucker did that. Same thing here, closer comes into that situation. Cedric Mullins uh, puts a good swing on it. Tip your cap to the other team, but um, I mean, you rather lose to a team like this than a team like the Kansas City Royals, a team like the Oakland Athletics, because honestly, this could be a potential ALCS preview if the Astros do make the postseason. I mean, and it's a good one because all these games have been high scoring or close games that came, you know, to the seventh inning or determining the eighth inning or the ninth inning. So very good to see. But they went three and they went three and three in the season, right? Yeah. In the season, um the Astros went to Baltimore took that series and the Orioles came to Minute Maid Park and took the series at Houston. But like I was saying real quick, Angel, shout outs. There's no shout outs here. We're doing pros and cons on this one. Uh, of course, we'll do the preview of the Kansas City Royals, offensive and pitching MVPs in the hot take, and then our over under. But before we get started, Angel, what do you think about the move with Dusty Baker not putting Jordan Alvarez in that last game of that series against the Orioles? What I want, I want to get your take on that before we deal with the pros and cons. Well, for me, you know, yes, you want your best guys up there every single time, right? Mm-hmm. But he needs a breather too. And then he's been kind of on a little slump uh, because he went – 0 for 10, 0 for 11 in the Baltimore series. I know he didn't play that uh, third game. And then in KC, in that like he only had he went one for four, two for five, and, and then one for five. So he hasn't really had it going yet. Again, and he hasn't hit that. He only, he's only had one home run in the past like what six, seven games. Mm-hmm. So he, that's just one. Not a big, you know, yeah. like yeah, it's not a, I mean, it's not a big deal. I, like I guess I mean he needs his rest too. You know, like. Jordan can be carrying the load. And I think like a good breather, you know, regroup, regress, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah, 162 games for a reason. Of course, he's been on the injured list about the first half of the season, really. But like you said, yeah, you, you got to get this big man a rest, especially if the Astros are trying to make the postseason run. But at the same time, too, like you were saying, with that sense of urgency, with Dusty Baker going to that bullpen quickly with Neris and them, I feel like you have to have that urgency too to play your best guys out there in order to guarantee you yeah. a spot in the postseason. Because this, just just imagine, like you were saying, if we didn't win this game, if the Astros didn't win this game, Texas and Seattle would be one and two in the division, and I think either or would have been the wild card, Toronto in the wild card, and then the Astros out. So it's kind of now. Through that's why this episode is called Now It's a Sprint. You got to play your best guys one through nine in the lineup, um, in the order. You you have to find a way. You got to have better coaching, um, you know, putting the best people out there. So nothing against Dusty, of course. We're not coaches. <laughs> we're not in his seat, but we we just throw our opinion out there. But Angel, let's start off with our pros, man. I mean, give us some pros of this series. Um, I mean, you're talking about Christian Javier being one. Should tell us what what do you think? Yeah, he's gonna be the first one, Christian Javier again. 
I think we've been hard on Christian Javier all season, and honestly, it was, I mean, it was not, like, well-deserved, but it was, like, you know, it, it was there because, he, I mean, he, like, he couldn't finish five innings inconsistently. You know, those walks, his command wasn't there, but we saw a different Javier today. He went he went five innings, three hits, one earned run, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. I don't I don't remember the last wow. time Christian Javier had a double-digit strikeout, you know, like, double digits in strikeouts. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been a while for sure. But being able to see it now, and honestly, like I said this before, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular seasons, what you can do in the postseason. So if Javier can be like that in the postseason, everybody's going to forget about the season he had. You know, so it was good. He had 91 pitches, 62 for strikes. And again, oh, wait, there we go. Sorry. Lorenzo Gami hasn't thrown a double-digit <laughs> strikeout since May 10th against the Angels, and that was 11. So appreciate uh, Zoe on that one. But yeah, it was it was good to see because the Astros. I mean, it was the Baltimore Orioles, so I don't want to like bash on the pitchers too much, but they kind of like struggled a little bit. But again, like you said, best team in baseball, right, in the American League. So it was it was a dog fight, but having Javier. And it was a crucial win because, again, if they would have been swept, they would have been out of the playoffs for the moment. So, shout out to Javier for stepping up. And then the Astros offense. Let's talk about that one a little bit. Because, again, especially in the postseason, you want to score, you want to score early, right? Because mm-hmm. especially in the postseason, it's hard to play from behind. You know, the energy's up. And the opponent scores one, two runs in the beginning. That that momentum just, you know, it's a, it's a you know, it can take the momentum differently. So, Astros often scored in the first inning in two to three games, which is always great to play with a lead. Helps the pitchers yeah. relax a little bit. On Monday, they scored one run. Tuesday, they scored two runs. And obviously, on Wednesday, they did not score any runs because it was a late-scoring game. But speaking of late-scoring games, the offense does not give up. So, yeah, they scored in the first inning, but they also scoring late in the game, which, again, if you're behind, you, you want to stay in the game, which is crucial as mm-hmm. well for any – you know, scoring runs is crucial, right? Definitely. Uh, on Monday, they scored six runs after the sixth inning, which is great. Wow. Tuesday, they scored two runs, and Wednesday scored two runs, and obviously the two runs was what they needed on Wednesday to win the game. So the Astros are hanging in there. Like, they can do it. It's just, I think, and, I, and I'm not going to talk about it a little bit, but that bullpen needs to step up a little bit. And, yeah, yeah because... It, it got to tie up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, I, I, I like... Again, like I don't know the numbers on top of my head, but lately they have been struggling keeping holding leads or, uh, you know, keeping the Astros in the game. I mean, your bullpen pieces right now that you feel confident going in, I would say, is Hector Neris and Brian Abreu. No offense to Brian Presley because he's only blown about what four or five saves of the season, which is not bad, but he's been a little shaky. Yeah. So he's like kind of borderline trustworthy, but he is your your closer for a reason. He's probably one that he'll probably be the number two closer in Astros history. Obviously. Oh, wow. Number That's one, being Billy, number Wagner. one being Billy Wagner. What about Lidge or, I mean, uh, there, there's a debate between them two, Brad Lidge and Ryan Presley, but I mean, you got to give, ah, man, I don't know. That, 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 that could be a good debate in the offseason, honestly, Ryan Presley and Brad Lidge. Cause I, I mean, you could flirt with both of them being number two, in the closing role. I mean, you got Dave Smith too in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So very, very good. Interesting debate, but I, I'd say them too right now, Hector Neris and Brian Abreu. I feel comfortable. Montero gave up some runs in this series. It makes um, it better though. 
yeah, I mean, give credit to Montero. I mean, nothing against him. He did give up these two earned runs. But, yeah, like you were saying, he's he's had a better second half of the regular season for the Astros. Uh, Ryan Stanek, I mean, he's on a rehab assignment right now for um, in Sugarland. Who else? Phil Maton. He, he's a little shaky right now, too. So the only two guys I say, in my opinion, is Brian Abreu and Neris being I'd feel comfortable in, you know, some high leverage situations. But I'm a counter on your pros. Of course, we got to see, you see the highs, we got to see the lows and the cons. I mean, that wasn't being bad of the series, but let's talk about it real quick. The Astros lose their third consecutive series. One being the Oakland Athletics, two being the Kansas City Royals, and now three being the Baltimore Orioles. Two of them honestly should have been winnable series. They should have been a winning series for the Astros. But, of course, it's baseball. It has its its differences. It goes different ways. But they've another thing, too, they've also dropped the first game of each series. And haven't won, a first, like, haven't won the first game of a series since September 4th against the Texas Rangers. Oh, wow. And that first game is very crucial to set the tone for the series, If I, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, real quick, I, I got to break it down. In the month of September, since we're getting close to the end of it, Let's look at it. New York Yankees, the first game of that series, they only scored two. The Texas Rangers, first game, scored 13. The San Diego Padres, they scored two. The Oakland Athletics, zero, which is not you know, great to hear. Kansas City Royals, two. And then Baltimore, seven. You see that pattern I was saying, too, right? You're not going to win too many games scoring two runs. Especially two, yeah. <laughs> two runs, you ain't going to win nothing. Unless you're having a great pitching performance from your starting pitcher and then the bullpen locks it down. But I said, too, like I said, after every off day on a Thursday, if you look at the schedule and that Friday game, the Astros have scored two runs in each of those Friday games, which is very crazy. And the Yankees, oh, wow. two. San Diego, two. Kansas City, two. Angel, today is Friday. How are we feeling? Are we scoring? Are the Astros are going to score two runs? Or are they going to break that streak and finally score some runs? I think so. I think that walk off win. You know how Dusty Baker said it best. You know, like he was glad to see smiling faces. You know, in the locker room because he he even said it was like a Morgan there after those three consecutive uh, loss, like serious losses. So I don't know. Sometimes all you need is like a bra or a walk off win or you know like any heroics <laughs> to like to get the momentum shifting and hopefully you know Dubon out of all people stepping up that's you know n- n- like no one better right so I think uh, this mm-hmm. could be a momentum shifter for the Astros I think especially seeing the standings are like you know like if I'm in that clubhouse I see a half game I need to win every game like yeah. I'm not gonna leave I'm not gonna leave it to the other team hoping they would lose or hoping that like. You want to control your faith. You want to make sure if you if you miss the playoffs, it's because of you. Or if you make the playoffs, it's because of you did it, right? So I think that mm-hmm. should be the tone in the clubhouse. And, you know, maybe they take advantage of Kansas City this time. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but the last con, I would have to say, the last negativity about this series, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and Jose Abreu. Of course, everybody knows how Jose Abreu's season has been. It has been promising. It had, the contract doesn't look very promising from getting the signing on him. But Kyle Tucker and Yardon Alvarez, them two guys are very crucial to this Astros lineup. And three of them in this series went for um, a combined batting average of 188. 188. They went six for 32 
Um, two doubles, one triple, two home runs, four RBIs, three walks, eight strikeouts. You're not going to win a lot of ball games if you can't produce, especially in the three, four, five, four, five, six, wherever Dusty puts you, um, wherever Bregman too. Bregman even then this series, dude, he went one for ten. So the big guys in that lineup, the big meat of the lineup being Jordan, Tucker, and Bray, they got to they got to step up big time in this last stretch of the season. Last seven games. Let me let me break it down for you. Last seven games for all these three players. Kyle Tucker, he's batting 179 with five hits, two home runs, five RBIs, five strikeouts. Jordan Alvarez, you were talking about him. He's been a little, you know, in a little slump lately. Well, he's batting 217, five hits, two home runs, eight RBIs, six walks. Jose Abreu, on the other hand, 179 batting average, five hits, two home runs, five RBIs. 10 strikeouts, double-digit strikeouts for Abreu. So this part of the lineup got to step up and the last part of this season if the Astros are going to make the postseason. You can't keep, you know, putting Jose Altuve being the RBI producer like how he was in the Texas series. You can't put the pressure on him. You can't put the pressure on Bregman. Yeah, especially on the bottom of the lineup being Chaz and Mauricio Dubon or Jeremy Pena, all these other guys, Yonder Diaz. You can't put pressure on those guys. Kyle Tucker, I mean, give credit to him. He He's leading the American League with RBIs. Jordan Alvarez is not too far. I'm pretty sure he's in the top 10 category in the American League. Jose Abreu, that's the number one guy, and that's my X factor. If the Astros make it to the playoffs, he has to step up big time. So those numbers don't sound too great, but when you have a team like the Kansas City Royals coming into Houston, it can you know uplift the confidence shift the momentum for these guys and hopefully break out and take that momentum to Seattle at T-Mobile park. Mm-hmm. But I hope so. You, you got, I mean, the guys got to take advantage of this series. Nine of these games. I, I, I mean, completely honestly with you right now, angel, my opinion, they need to sweep the Royals. They got to win both series against the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Seattle Mariners. Some way, somehow you got to be, the the Mariners. I mean, the Mariners have been a thorn in the Astros the whole season this year. I think that's the only losing record in the AL West for the Astros is against Seattle. So they got to find a way to win that series. And honestly, the Astros have sort of an, an advantage, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because again, like you said, the Rangers in the Seattle are playing seven of the last ten games, right? So mm-hmm. it's Astros in Kansas City and then Texas and Seattle, and all three of those teams. The playoff started starts today, or it could, like, like, it could yeah. start a little bit earlier. Like, from now on, they're all playoff games, playoff kind of uh, playoff games. Now, while the Mariners and the Rangers are beefing it out, you know, trying to take every win, like look at you like playoff games. So they might be starters with short innings, like and they, and they might use that bullpen a little bit more, or you know, they might have their players like reach a little limit that they didn't have. So the Astros need a cruise to the Kansas City Royals, so where when they see Seattle, Seattle's going to, again, they just had that matchup against the Rangers. They're probably all, like, tired out because, even know, it was a tough series. That's when the Astros need to be, like, stepping on their throats. And, like, you know, we had it easy. Well, ho- you know, hopefully, right? They we <laughs> the Royals. Let's hit them when they're down, right? And I think yeah. if they can do that, then the Astros have a, you know, have a pretty good chance of doing that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure T-Mobile Park is going to be electric. I mean, they're the electric factory for a reason. 
um, in their, you know, that that's their nickname over there at T-Mobile with the fans over there in uh, the Pacific Northwest. But, I mean, you got to take advantage of – I mean, the series starts like right now, like you were saying. You got to take care of business against the Royals. Find a way to sweep these guys. Put the pressure on both Seattle and Texas. To me, I think Texas got to win – well, we said seven of the last 10 games they're playing against each other. Four, four, three, or five of two. Because if the Astros and the Mariners at the end of the season are tied, the nice. tiebreaker goes to the Mariners. The Mariners win the division. They get the first week by, and then the Astros have to go in the wild card with maybe one, one of their top two starting pitchers in the rotation pitching one of those games. So starts now like you said angel <laughs> the playoffs start now for the astros because I, I think too if the astros do win that division you get that by that week i i think it's a week that they get a rest break they really need it bad you can really tell like honestly you could see mm-hmm. on the field that they need it they, they really need a big rest week so my opinion i think it's our opinions too as we say so just have to see, but let's get with that preview against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, obviously, the Astros did lose that series, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast. But Royals, I mean, them guys, fifty-one and uh, fifty-one and one hundred two, one hundred two loss in the season. They are last in the AL Central, obviously, but seven and three in their last ten games, Angel, and they just swept the Cleveland Guardians at oh, wow. Kansas City. So, best believe, momentum on their side right now is shifting into Minute Maid Park. And they're going to try to do everything in their power, like you said before, and be spoilers to the Astros. So Friday, 7-10 start time. You got Cole Reagans for the Kansas City Royals, 6-4 with a 3.33 ERA. He'll be going against Framber Valdez, who is 12-10 with a 3.20 ERA. And the franchise angel, he's looked sharp in the month of September. His last start was against the Kansas City Royals. Seven innings pitched, six hits, one run, zero of them being earned. One walk, five strikeouts. Did have 92 pitches. 55 of them were strikes. But like I was saying, I mean, this guy has looked sharp in the month of October. I mean, uh, September. Sorry about that. He's 2-1 and one with a 171 ERA. He's gone three straight starts with seven innings, and he has five straight quality starts. You, as an Astros fan, you have to feel optimistic going into Friday night's game, feeling promising and feeling that the outcome is going to be in the Astros' favor when you have Framber on the mound. But Cole Reagans is going to be the other guy on the other side trying to ruin that because he's been really outstanding ever since being in the Kansas City Royals uniform. Last outing versus Houston, the Astros did get to him. Six innings, six hits, five earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. He did throw 100 pitches. 65 of them were strikes. He has pitched over 100 pitches in his back-to-back starts in September. Angel, the Astros just flat out need to find a way to put pressure on Reagans how they did over there in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at the Reagan stats. My bad. No, okay, you good. So you asked me how do they, how do they actually put pressure on him? Yeah, go ahead. So, yep, yeah, get on base. So I'm looking right here at the base runner splits. Right when he has a runner on, like it's not giving me the ERA, but it's giving me the whip, and the whip can kind of tell us like you know how he is. So when a runner on first is 188, runner on first and second. Goes to one, but when it's on first and third, that whip is to four, and it just keeps increasing from there. Wow. So we can get on base, put some pressure on him. Hey, he, he kind of falters under pressure a little bit, so that's what I say: get on base, take those walks, you know, do what you got to do to get on base. Yeah, that's what the Astros did. I think in the fifth inning of that game, I mean, I can't put my 
you know, the pin on the point, but I, I think it was the fifth inning or the sixth inning around those um, around that time, the Astros started putting some runners on the base and then they were scoring some runs. So like you were saying, put the pressure on them, get on base some way, somehow bunt hit and run. I mean, something get it going Saturday. 610 start time. The Royals have announced haven't announced their starting pitchers for Saturday and Sunday's game, but it is to be determined. We'll let you know if we find anything out there uh for the starters. But JP France, on the other hand, is going for the Astros, and he is 11 5 with a 384 ERA. His last outing versus the Royals, it wasn't really too great. Four and a third, five hits, five run runs, four walks, zero strikeouts. I think that was the first time this season and and his starts at least he has thrown. No strikeouts. I mean, that is crazy to see, but it happens. Another thing with him, I mean, his command against the Royals was not the best. He, he struggled big time. He he made a lot of pitching mistakes, leaving the ball inside the zone, just leaving it in the zone for the hitters to hit. So he has to find a way to get his command going, especially in the start of Minute Maid Park. He's always been a guy, too. I'd say when he has a rough and shaky start, the next one going into, he looks pretty damn good, so find a way to get that command going. Uh, but the pitches, I wanted to talk about that for a minute against left-handed hitters. He too, he threw 22, 14 fastballs, 13 changeups, zero sweepers, 10 curveballs, zero cutters. Okay. 13 changeups, zero sweeps, zero cutters. The right-handed hitters, 23, four seamers, which a lot of the fastballs were in the zone. I mean, I'm pretty sure, uh, I, I know for sure Salvador Perez took an RBI double off of that one. Zero changeups, four sweepers, two curveballs, 14 cutters. If you see there, the changeups through 13, two left-handed hitters, right-handers, zero. Curveball, 10 curveballs into the left-handed hitters, two to the right-handers. Zero cutters to the left-handed hitters, 14 cutters to the right-handed hitters. Angel, this is a must-bounce-back game for J.P. France, especially uh, for the rotation in general, for the Astros pitching, because, like we, I mean, we talked about before. I'm not going to say it again, um, but J.P. France, yeah, needs a big bounce-back game against the Kansas City Royals. You're on mute. All right, out of train behind me. No, but yeah, you're right. He, he does need a bounce-back game. He's been one of the Astros' most consistent uh, pitchers, and the Astros are going to need rely on him heavily because again right now the two consistent starters for the Astros is Framber Verlander and then JP France other than that it's been kind of shaky so this is the last guy the Astros need to be a little bit shaky and then again this is where it matters it's September it's also October he's in dire need of a of a comeback which I think he could get like I, I think he has a little advantage that he's seen the Royals so Mm-hmm. That starts, so he's kind of be able to write. They hit this at this time, they hit this at that time, right? So he can kind of adjust a little bit. And if he can adjust, he will have a bounce back game. Calling it now, yeah, I think he can. Because if you look at it, the first game against the, the Red Sox, he got shaken up. The first game against uh, the Rangers, shaken up as well. He got shaken up against the Royals. This is an opportunity to bounce back, like you said. I think he can do it as well. Sunday, the last game of the homestand at Minime Park. I'm pretty sure I believe that's a. Uh, well, probably fan appreciation day yeah. in most schedules. So try to find a way to get out there, Astros fans, if you go in 10. 110 start time to be determined, like I said, for the Royals. Hunter Brown is going to be the guy on the mound for the Astros. 11 and 12 with a 487 ERA. Brown's last start against the Baltimore Orioles. He went five and a third, six hits, seven earned runs, two walks, 
five strikeouts. That doesn't sound very promising. It just gets worse from here. Um, since August 1st, Brown has increased that ERA to a 692. He's allowed at least one home run in three of his last four starts. The long ball has been really hurting Hunter Brown, at, at least this part of the regular season for him and his first regular season as a starting pitcher for the Astros. Uh, because if you look at that Baltimore game, he almost got out of some jams, but was hurt with the long ball. Austin Hayes, for sure, took him deep. Uh, but, I mean, just made some mistakes, so obviously, to a team against the Orioles. It's a young team, but they don't play like a young you know, team like the Astros in 2015. I really compared that Baltimore team to the 2015 Astros because they have nothing to lose. Obviously, they're trying to get better, too, as a team. But... Brown, on the other hand, he has to find a way to keep the ball in the ballpark, I'd say. No, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's crazy because uh, they compare Hunter Brown to Justin Verlander. Well, guess who has yeah. an issue with the long ball too? Justin Verlander as well. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> no, but, I, like, I feel the reason is because they try to rely on their fastball a little bit. And it makes sense when you have, a like, power fastball you know that's your bread and butter right fastball slider but sometimes it's just like the location issues like i remember i think who would who would o'hearn hit a, a home run off uh hunter brown i was watching the game and when the fastballs were high he was like fouling them off like probably touching them but mm -hmm. the one he hit the home run was a like inside low fastball so because because it was kind of low O'Hearn was able to tally it and put it over the fence, right? So I think that's the issue with Hunter Brown. Like that fast might to be a little bit more higher if he's going to use it, which he is going to use it. Again, that's his best pitch besides the slider. So, I mean, just keeping it, keeping it up and not putting it in the batter's wheel. Dude, O'Hearn had a freaking shoot against the Astros. Yeah. I think I, he, I think like, he what, what, did he go eight? five? Yeah, I mean, it felt like it, but I think he went five for five in the first game, I think. I think he went or four something for, like that. Four, I think he went four for five, four, maybe. Four, and then he went two for two. I think. I think he went like seven consecutive at bats with a hit. He had a good series against yeah. the Astros, dude. But uh, before we get to our offensive and pitching MVPs, I believe, and this is my thoughts, my opinion. Don't judge me. Don't don't bribe me on everything like that. Is it time to see Jose or Kitty get a start? I mean. I honestly think if the Astros do make the postseason, the guy has experience being a starter. He was a starter in one of the games in the World Series. He has the most wins of a Mexican pitcher in the World Series. Does Dusty Baker need to give him a chance? Because, remind you, we have nine games left. At least one start, you got to give him, I'd say, against Arizona and Seattle. I want your thoughts. I mean, do you think Dusty or the Astros need to at least to give this man one start? You know, I think so. Would it happen? I don't know. Because they're trying to, again, in the postseason, you only get, what, three or four starters. And I don't think Erky is going to be one of them. So if he's not, why not give him that work in that bullpen? I like, let him get comfortable. Because, honestly, Erky has not seen look comfortable on the mound since that injury. And mm -hmm. they can't look comfortable starting. He didn't look comfortable. And he especially doesn't look comfortable coming out the bullpen. So I think it's just, like, uh, a matter of, like, getting your feet wet. Like, I mean, he's done it before. Like, he did it in the playoffs as well. Like, But I think having him, practice, like, you know, do it a little bit more, I think it'll be beneficial for him for the playoffs. But I don't know. Maybe he doesn't need to start to get the little, like, I feel like it's just mental for Jose Akiti right now. So maybe, you know, having his routine pregame, you know, 
do what you got to do beforehand. I, I mean, I, I can see it beneficial, but I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. happen. 2019 went one and zero with a 090 ERA, and this is postseason overall. 2020 0 and one with a 402. 2021 2 and one with is this coming off the bullpen? No, this is uh this is bullpen and starts. Okay. So two and one eight two uh eight twenty two ERA, and twenty twenty two. I remind you, he only pitched one game in that postseason. That was That's against crazy. the Phillies. He he went one game in the bullpen, three innings, one hit, uh, zero earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. But to me, like yeah, you were saying with the with the three and four with the postseason for this guy. Um, Look at your starters right now. I mean, you got Justin Verlander. I know, for, I I mean, for sure it's going to be Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez being game one and game two starters if the Astros make the postseason. Game three and game four after that, it's a toss-up, honestly. It could be J.P. France. It could be Hunter Brown. It could be Hunter Brown. It could be Jose Arquiti. It could be J.P. France. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting Christian Javier. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> knowing Dusty Baker, I'm sure it's going to be Christian Javier. Yeah, so, um, I mean... Let me see. I'm looking. I'm trying to find the game that Kitty came back. Uh, one start against the Yankees. He went three and a third. That was his first game coming back from that injury in April. And I remember that game. He just struggled that last inning. That was it. Against the Angels, he did get a start. He went five innings, three hits, one earned run. The next start was against Boston, four and two thirds, eight hits, four earned runs. And that was the last time he had a start. And that was on August 23rd. So to me, I, I think at least, at least, which I mean, at the same time, we can't be putting, because we, we said before, you got to put your best players out there regardless. But to me, Hunter Brown, he's a great player. He is a great pitcher. The Astros brought him up last year for a reason. He pitched in the postseason in the bullpen. But I just think having that experience on the starting mound, like Jose Riquidi has had, is going to be crucial for the Astros rotation if they get there. That's just me. Hunter Brown looked good out of the bullpen last year for the for the Astros in the postseason, but to me, I feel like Urquidy does at least need to have one start before going. And like I said, if the Astros get to that postseason, that's my opinion. I mean, what do you you, you never answered it, but I mean, do you think he does need to get a start though? Yeah, I would say, yeah, because just for, like, confidence issues, uh, you know, get his groove back on. Like I was saying, like, you know, that pregame routine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he does. Do I think he gets it? No. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. I think he does, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to see. Just have to monitor it. Uh, could be a great possibility. Could be a great scenario for the Astros to do, especially against the Diamondbacks and against the Seattle Mariners. But, just have to see when it gets there, Angel. Yeah. And again, a much needed series win for the Astros. You know, much needed series sweep for the Astros. Much, yes. Much, yeah. But moving on to our MVPs and our hot takes. I had uh, I had Kyle Tucker, but what we heard from Lorenzo for the cons that, you know, he, he, <laughs> he, he didn't get it. I had Hunter Brown. Did not have a good outing. He allowed seven runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. And our Astros pitches throw six hitting's or more. Well, did not happen. It was close. So it was close. And I, I honestly thought that Chris Javier was going to throw six innings, but uh, again, pitch count just got high at the end. Yeah, but fresh start. New, uh, you know, it's, it's a weekend. Hopefully, the weekend things change. The weekend. Yeah. So my offensive piece to be Jeremy Pena. I think he's going to be one of the guys that are going to need to step up, and he did. Like he tied Dude, the game yeah. up in that last series, and. You said uh, 
that Jose Abreu was your X factor. Well, Payne's another one that yeah. you know he he has a tendency to get. You know, last year he got hot late and he's been hitting the ball pretty good. They mm-hmm. you know, a lot of hard contact. So hopefully that continues and they start to fall. My pitching MVP is going to be JP France. I think he needs a big outing, especially if he wants to cement himself in that postseason rotation. The actual score more than 15 runs a series. That's five runs a game. And he's so they're going to need it to compete and they're going to need to win this series. So I'm going to say 15 or more runs. Well, 15 or more. I mean, that that's very crucial for them to get that. The offense really needs to get that. And it starts with Cole Reagans. So if you could put five plus runs on him, like you were saying, by all means, you can, you can see what happens in this series. And maybe the Astros do have a better outcome than the last time. But Great yeah, picks. I, I probably, like Jake. What? I, I should probably bench Cole Reagan's then because I'm just <laughs> another another fantasy update right there for Angel Can too. But for me, on the other hand, I had Jose Altuve. Um, I mean, he had a decent series. I don't know if you would really count that as a point. JV, I wouldn't count it. It wasn't his best. And then the Astros take the series. Obviously, they didn't. They lost. They lost the series. But I did get half a point. I don't know if you really could give that half. And hold Rutschman to under a 350 batting average. They held him to a 286, only allowing him to have two hits in the series. So pretty good job for the Astros on that young prospect. Um, the I, I think he did win rookie of the year last year, correct? If I'm not mistaken. I think so, yes. Yeah, I think so too as well. But like you said, it's a new weekend, Angel. Last home stand, last series at Minime Park of the regular season. Can the Astros be back at Minime Park? Just have to see. But for now, Alex Bregman is going to be my offensive MVP. Like I had mentioned earlier in the show, he went one for 10 against the Baltimore Orioles. Some at-bats didn't look like Alex Bregman at-bats. He did have a couple of walks. He did have some strikeouts. So I'm looking for a bounce-back series for Breggy. Framer Valdez, I I mean, picked him first. I mean, picked him once, picked him twice. Third time's the charm. He's done a great job on the mound in the month of September. So he's going to set the tone for the Astros in the first game of this series against the Royals. So I got him as the MVP for my pitching. And then the hot take, Angel, you went on the offensive standpoint. I'm going to go on the pitching standpoint. Astros finished the homestand on a good note, meaning a a series win or a sweep. But of course, I have have to have 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 a cherry on the top, dude. Have to have a cherry on the top. And I say the whole... yeah, as I'm, I'm, my God, dude, I can't even talk right now. Um, there, I think the Astros are going to hold the Royals to a total of less than ten runs. I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but you got the offense going fifteen plus. I got the Astros pitching holding them to ten or less. So that's the recipe. For could happen. Wins. Yeah, it could be for. I mean, shoot, we're we're giving the recipe for the success of this series, but. At the end of the day, it's the Astros if they could do that. Yeah, and again, hopefully that walk-off, you know, fires them up. Like, I think this team, like, they tried it. Again, they had team meetings. They had – but I don't know. It's just like – I don't know. Like, nothing's motivating them, and hopefully this is it. You know, you're half – you have a half-game slim lead, and you don't – you only have the tiebreaker against the Rangers. So, you know, you better hope the Rangers take a few, (laughs) right? But – I mean, this is it. You got to win. There's no, literally no turning back from now. But 
Moving on to the over and unders. Again, we got a few over and unders left, and I think Lorenzo's going to end up winning it because he's winning 38 to 41. I oh, mean, well, you never you never know. You never know. We still got three series left. Are the Lorenzo's the ones that keeps the scores? I don't know. I need to double check uh, some. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you could go ahead and I'm I, I go. Um, I, I'm just messing with you. But again, <laughs> this time, the over and unders are things we need to see in the upcoming series. So that's why they're in my over and under. Like, these are things we, the Astros have to see, have to do. Mm-hmm. So the first one, France, France walks less than three batters. I think walks have been an issue for JP France. He's not a very high strikeout guy, but he is a very high walk guy. So in Kansas city, he walked four and struck out zero in San Diego. He walked five and Texas. He walked three. So my over and under, do you see France walking less than three batters? So is the less meaning three and down, or we're going three and up? So that means if you go under, that means he's he's throwing less than three walks. Then three, okay. So right? And then if you go over, that means it's more than three walks. But this time the under wins, right? So you know, basically. Give me under the stash. I I have full strength of that stash of his. Um, I like I said, he he's always bounced back on a on a start. From an opposing team, like I had mentioned about the Red Sox and the Rangers, I think he could do it right here against the Royals. The Royals isn't like the high competitive team, but they're gonna make you work for your outs. And I think JP France could get control if he could get control of his command. There is no way he's walking three or plus. Okay, I'm gonna go over on this one just because I think he gets three walks, but I don't mm-hmm. think he goes over it. So I'm gonna go over. Because right, because that means he has to throw two walks or less in order yeah, to get correct. the over. So I'm gonna go over. I think he gets three. Exactly, exactly three. Yeah, three exactly. Which I mean, on paper it's not too bad, but you know, you can't defend the walk. So walks haunt, walks yeah. kill. I mean, they they haunt at the end yeah, of the day. So you don't want to have too many, right? But I'm gonna go over just to try to catch up and maybe sweep through the thing. You know take back this victory, but the next one, and again, we did mention a little bit that the Astros bullpen has been struggling. Well, let me tell you how they struggle with Baltimore. So, in Baltimore, again, a good hitting team, they allowed 15 hits. Kansas City, they allowed 9 hits, and Oakland, they allowed 7 hits. Again, these are the stars take more of a load, but the bullpen has been pretty taxed. So, over and under, do you think the Astros bullpen allows less than 8 hits? I'll go under on this one. I have full confidence in that Astros bullpen. I think they they uh, regroup, they fix it. Uh, they have that off day, so it gives them an extra breathing room. Of course, you got Framber on the mound. He's thrown three consecutive seven-inning starts. Possibility, Angel. Possibility. So I'll go with the under on that one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under with you as well. But again, the Astros bullpen needs to step up again. If mm-hmm. Francis, like, yeah, like, the Astros could have easily, how you said, taken two out of one, but again, Presley couldn't uh, close it out. And honestly, in that second game, that bullpen didn't really keep the Astros in the game. Like, the, like uh, yeah. the Astros had some good home runs, like some crucial home runs to get us back, like to get them back into like two or three runs, and then the bullpen just threw it out of the water after that. So mm-hmm. they're gonna have to be big in order for the Astros to stay in contention. Now, this will be another Astros wide one. So the next one is Astros walk more than 11 times. So they hit rock 11 or more times. You got it. Baltimore, they walked 13 times. KC, they walked 11 times. And Oakland, they walked nine times. And before you answer, I just want to see, like, if we're just talking about, yes, they took one out of two against Baltimore. But, they again, they could have easily taken out three. 
And look how they're getting on. They're getting on, on like they're getting on base. They walked 13 mm-hmm. times. In Oakland, that was the one they couldn't do anything and they couldn't get on base. Yeah. They walked nine times, right? So if the Astros get on base, good things happen. I know what they've been struggling in uh, with runners in scoring position, but yeah, the more that, that's a big thing too. But the more opportunities you get, some are gonna hit. You know, it's like a casino, right? You keep playing, one of them's gonna fall. So what do you think? Over and under on walks. Man, I gotta figure out what casino you're going to because I'm not never hitting on that on the slot machines or on blackjack table. <laughs> but uh where we're <laughs> uh I'll go I'll go over. I, I think the offense needs to not swing out of the zone. Altuve has some, you know, has a little yes. problem doing that. Alvarez has recently started to do that. Abreu, like I had mentioned, 10 strikeouts in his last seven games. The guy's got to be patient at the plate. Yainer Diaz, too. Yeah, Yainer Diaz is a free swinger as well. Let the pitcher work. Let the ball come to you. Hit a quality pitch. So I'll go over on this one. I think they'll put pressure on the pitchers. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go over on this one as well. Again, it's only a three-game series. But if they can walk 13 times against the Baltimore Orioles, which has pretty good pitching, I think they can do it against Royals as well. So, And they're going to need to you know, get on base by any means. And then lastly... This is the guy the Astros need to get going again. And you said it best, right? With like like you gave us those numbers with Kyle Tucker. But Jordan Alvarez, he's he's the Astros lineup, right? He's him, mm-hmm. like the kids are saying. Uh, <laughs> he's him. Not, uh, nowadays, right? So Jordan records four or more hits against Baltimore. He had zero hits. KC four, Oakland two, and San Diego five. What do you say? You know what? He's him. I'm him as well. I'm riding with Jordan Alvarez getting them four or more hits. Um, yeah, this guy got to get going. I've set the numbers. 217 batting average in the last seven games. That That's not Jordan quality numbers. He is having a good season. I mean, a good month hitting 296. But I, I this is the last stretch. It's a sprint. Got to finish strong in the now season. <laughs> yeah, now it's a sprint. Carry that momentum. Uh into October, if the Astros make it, find a way on. But Angel, I guess we're getting gold as I'm like, God, he is him. I think I did not know that's a new word in the vocabulary oh, yeah. now. My fourth graders be, I love, you know, using that word. <laughs> Shout out what to about them. you? What about you, though? Well, they asked me, you know, they were like, which country are you him? I was like, of course. And then they were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, it's because I be doing them up. It's because okay. I'm about, about to say, hold on, hold on. You be doing that, um, that LeBron James kind of pump when of he course. puts his one knee in the air and starts pounding his chest, kind of thing. Of course. Okay. So they brought so during recess they brought like this bat and this little plastic ball, bro. Tell me why I be going off on them on that one. Damn. Like, I be hitting nukes on them. <laughs> I'm not like taking them deep, <laughs> bat course. flipping on them. Of course. Yeah. You got you got to teach them young. You got you got to. You just have to. How are they going to learn? Of course, they got what what they got tanked by their teacher. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I'm guessing you got the under two as well as being him. Correct. I got the over. Yes, he's going to get more than four hits. Oh, okay, the over. My fault. So, crucial series, crucial series uh, for the Astros. Um, a potential. This is a potential sweep, honestly. Uh, my opinion, I don't know about your opinion, Angel, but this is a series that they got to sweep. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a ninety nine percent sure win series mode, but 
this series two as well is the sweep for me, I, I say, before they go to Seattle and Arizona. But other than that, that's the end of our show. Continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter slash X on Elon Musk's app. TikTok as well, Full Seam Ahead. FSA Full Seam Ahead on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're trying to build that up. Threads, we're still there, of course. Uh, and of course, on our podcast platforms from Google to Spotify to Apple. Leave us a rate. Leave us a review. Leave us a thumbs up. Let us know how we're doing. Of course, we're trying to get up to the charts. We were in USA Top 200. We just recently dropped, but we're still up in the top 30s in Belgium and Hong Kong. So shout out to our fans out there. Even though we didn't give out shout outs today, we're shouting you out for listening to us as the fans of Full Seam Ahead. But Angel, do you have anything else before we sign off? No, thank you for listening and it's, get ready. It's <laughs> If you're an Astros fan, start taking, start calling a doctor because you're going to, it's going to be a roller coaster of, Emotions, man. Yeah. It's gonna be going like this. So, so, so I calling those therapists. <laughs> we we might have a vent session. Hopefully, we don't have to have that session. But if we do, we are here for y'all. But other than that, y'all be safe. Have a fantastic Friday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. And we'll give you the recap and the next preview of that crucial upcoming series against the Seattle Mariners. But till then, stay safe. Happy fantasy football as well. Go Strokes. Thank you.